Good morning, everybody. It's so nice to see you again. It's Sunday. It's time to learn from God's Word. It's time to be together. I missed you last week, um, but Lauren helped us and helped us learn about Caleb and the land that he was promised and that God gave him. Um, and we've been learning so many things. Today is our last lesson in Joshua, and we're going to see Joshua's last words to God's people. Uh, but before we do that, let's pray. Uh, before we read God's word, let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you that we can learn about you and who you are and what you've done and how we can trust your promises. Please help us to listen and trust and obey. Amen. Right. So remember, we've been doing like this investigation, a little bit of like a newspaper headline theme. So we're going to do a bit of a recap because we've been learning about God and how he looks after so many different people and what they learn and know. So we started with Joshua, our friend Joshua. We've seen him a lot. He's one of the Israelites. He's the leader of God's people. And he is taking them into the land that was promised to Abraham. And the first one of the first people they meet in this land is Rahab. She's not an Israelite. She was a Canaanite. But she trusted in God's promises and she trusted in God's word. And remember, she was saved when Jericho was conquered. That was the next lesson we did. We learned about the city of Jericho who was conquered by a bunch of people walking around with an Ark of a Covenant. A bunch of people with the Ark showing God's presence and, and just following what God said and doing what he said. They trusted and obeyed in God's promise. So everything seemed to be going well for God's people. And then we had one of those stories that makes us stop and remember, mm, we don't always listen to God's promises. So when Jericho was conquered, a man called Achan, he decided to steal some of the treasured things from Jericho. He hid them. And it meant that Joshua and his people got crushed when they tried to take the city of Ai. Achan was an example of someone who did not trust and obey God's promises. Um, but when Joshua found Achan and he punished them and God's people repented and turned back from their own ways, they trusted in God's promises and they managed to conquer the city of Ai with God's instruction and God's help. Last week, Second last one, we met a man called Caleb. Remember, he was one of the original spies who went to check out the land, see how it was going. And God had promised him and his people some of that land. And he was someone who trusted God's promises. And he waited. He waited a really long time. And whilst he was waiting, he didn't wait grumpily. No, he waited and he loved God wholeheartedly with everything that he had. So that brings us to today's story. Today, we're going to be learning about Joshua and oh, who are all those heads? What is he saying? And we're going to ask the question, who are these people and who is their God? So let's see what we find in Joshua. We're in chapter 24. It's right near the end of Joshua. And we're going to learn a nice big word. The big word is promise. Now that's a word we use 
Like quite often, we say, I promise to do this, or I promise to do that. We make promises to other people. Other people make promises. And one of the things that we've learned in life, you can trust a promise, or you cannot trust a promise. And often it depends on who is making the promise. Some people are promise keepers. Some aren't promise keepers. So we're going to figure out today what it means to trust the promise. Okay, so Joshua chapter 24, we're at the end of Joshua. Joshua gets all the people together. They've conquered the whole of that promised land they were promised. And Joshua 24 verse 1 says, Then Joshua assembled all the tribes of Israel at Shechem. He summoned the elders, the leaders, the judges, and officials of Israel, and they presented themselves before God. It must have been such an occasion. Everyone together in God's promised land. And you know what Joshua does when all the people are together? He gives them a quick history lesson. All about promise. So, let's see if we can do the history lesson with him. I'm going to do it a little bit faster than Joshua. So hang in there. Joshua says, our father Abraham, many years ago, our forefather from many years back, he was given a promise by God for a people, a land, and that those people would live in the land and they would be blessed. Abraham hadn't known about God before that. He and his family had been worshiping idols. But then Abraham Ham, heard the promise from God, land, people, blessing, and he trusted that promise. Abraham had a son called Isaac. Isaac had a son called Jacob. Jacob had 12 sons, one of whom was Joseph. That's right, one of the 12 sons. Remember, Joseph lives with his family, gets sold by his brothers, ends up in Egypt. Oh, that's not the promised land. But in Egypt, the people grow. But they're not blessed there. They're not living with God as their king. So God rescues them. Remember, Moses comes, the plagues happen. The promises of the rescue at the Passover and Moses takes them out of Egypt and into the desert. God is their God and they are his people. There are a lot of them. God gives them his instructions to listen to the Ten Commandments. My goodness, this is going well. Then they disobey. Then they wander around for another 40 years. Now this whole lesson, this is what Joshua is telling the people. He's saying, you need to remember all this way back. Joshua stands up in front of all these people and he goes, "Ah, listen, remember the promises. So he goes back to Moses, the promises that God will help them. He'll get them into the land. My goodness, this is a long story Joshua's telling. All of these signs of God keeping his promises. They'll even conquer the city of Ai, even when they've disobeyed. All these promises. And Joshua says, now knowing all these promises, what are you going to do? So this is what Joshua says to the people. He says, now serve, fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Now the people look at these promises. They look at everything that God has done, all these extraordinary things. And they think to themselves, We should listen to this. So the people say to Joshua, Far be it for us to forsake the Lord to serve other gods. 
It's the Lord God who brought us out of Egypt, who brought us into this land, who showed us all these miraculous signs. He's the one of the promise. He's the one who's looking after it. We will follow God. The God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. We're not going to follow the gods that Abraham and his forefathers had. Not those things that people make by their hands. Not those idols. So Joshua turns to the people and says, right, if you're going to follow God, we're going to remember this day. We're going to remember this promise we're making. So Joshua sets up a big stone and says, right, guys, this will remind us that we're going to follow God and his promises. Not the idols and the, the worship that the Abraham's fathers, but this God who has kept all of these promises. Wow, that was a long history lesson. And these people had lived through some of us, and they would have remembered, yo, these promises, they were big, and God kept them. We can trust God and his promises. Now you might be thinking, well, what promises has God made us? And, well, I'm not worshipping idols like Abraham's family were. Well, the fact of the matter is, God has made lots of promises to us. But let's start with the idols. Abraham and the people before him, they used to make things with their hands. Anything out of wood or out of clay or out of mud. And then they would think these things could help them. I mean, these idols couldn't talk. These idols couldn't love them. These idols couldn't help them. These idols definitely couldn't have taken them through the Red Sea or conquered a world or conquered a city or Jericho or I. Or, their idols couldn't do anything like that. But they thought they were more important. And Joshua says, either the idols or the God of the promise. And God's people say, we're going for the God of the promise. Now you and I have a similar decision. Except we don't have idols, maybe like Abraham and his forefathers. We don't necessarily have things we've made and we've put in our house and we worship and we pray to them. So what is an idol for us? How do we figure that out? Well, the Bible says that the idol is anything that we love wholeheartedly instead of Jesus. Hmm. That means quite a lot of things can be idols. That means anything we love more than Jesus is an idol. So let's do a few examples. Maybe you think, ah, I'd rather play play PlayStation than watch church at home. Or I'd rather play PlayStation than play with my sister or help my mom and dad. PlayStation is more important than Jesus or others. That's an idol. Maybe when you play a game, you always want to win and you want to beat everyone. And if you don't win, you're grumpy. Maybe winning is more important to you than loving others or loving Jesus. Maybe winning is an idol. Maybe you just like to be in control of everything all the time. Tell other people what to do. Do what you want to do first. Maybe being in control is an idol. So we need to ask ourselves, are we going to serve those things? Or are we going to serve this God (gasps) of this extraordinary promise, this promise-keeping God? Are we going to think those things are more important than trusting the God who promised us that Jesus would die for our sins? And that if we trust and obey and listen to him, we're going to get to be with him forever. 
We can have our sins forgiven. So Joshua gathered all his people together. He gathered them together. And what did he do? He gave them a history lesson. He said, what has God done? So where's my board? Ah, there we go. He said to the people, what has God done? And who are you going to trust? So our last headline says, Joshua said, seeing what God has done, looking at what he's done in your lives, are you going to, wow, too much plastic, trust in his promises? Or are you going to trust in man-made, simple idols that don't talk, that don't trust, that don't love, that don't care for you? So I want to encourage you to have a think about it. Idols or the promise-keeping God? Things that don't talk to you versus the God who talks to you and asks you to talk to him in prayer. We need to choose. We can't go through life figuring out, yeah, maybe, maybe not. We need to choose. And one of the ways that we do that, and one of the ways we express that is we pray. And if we've chosen God and the promise-keeping God, we ask for the Holy Spirit to help us not have idols and not get distracted from God. We ask the Holy Spirit to help us to love Jesus more than anything and love others more than we love ourselves. So let me pray together with us because this is a decision that you need to make, that I need to make, and we make it every single day. So let's pray. Father, we thank you that you are a promise-keeping God. Thank you for loving us and sending Jesus to die for us. And thank you that because of that, we can be friends with you. Thank you that your promises are sure and certain and that they always come true. Please help us to trust you and obey you. Amen. Thanks for joining us this morning. There's some worksheets um, next to the video that you can download or activities that you can do. Next week, we're going to start a series in Judges. And we've got a special surprise when we start the Judges. So if you're old enough to read, why don't you start reading the book of Joshua? Ah, Judges. We've just finished Joshua. Read Joshua too. But start reading the book of Judges in your Bible. It's in the Old Testament. Look it up in the index and join us next week as we find out how God works through very ordinary people uh, to show us his great salvation. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye.